on the throne of mercy, on the throne of judgment. Take a road. Let the cannabis take a in our lives my father oh god you are not a god of wood you are not a god of stone you are not a god made of flesh and blood only you're not a god father made of the the stars and no father you are an awesome living god that god who changes not who has been the same from eternity to eternity my father it is you and we want to declare this day that you are awesome you are awesome in this place Lord, we stand in your fear. Oh God, we worship you in the fear of the Lord. We worship you in the beauty of holiness. We say you are awesome. You are fearful. You are great and greatly shall you be praised, my Father. And your greatness is unsearchable, my Father. We raise our lives. We raise our worship. We raise our hearts to you, oh God. You are awesome. Awesome God. Our God is not a God of stone. Our God is not a God of wood. Our God is awesome. He's an awesome living God. He's an awesome living God. That great I am. Hallelujah. Jesus Christ, the one who sits among the burning ones. Jesus. In this place, we declare Jesus. In this place, we declare Jesus. Right now, in this fellowship time, we declare Jesus. Awesome God. Awesome God. Awesome God. That God who knows no limitations. That God who knows no failure. That God who knows no defeat. Hallelujah. Awesome God. Awesome God. Awesome God. Take your place amidst your people. Your place, oh God, reveal yourself as awesome, reveal yourself as the terrible one, Re reveal yourself, oh God, as the mighty one who knows no limit. Hallelujah! Blessed be the creator of heaven and earth, blessed be the king of heaven, blessed be the father of all spirits. Oh, yes, Lord, you are awesome. 
You are awesome in this place. You are awesome in this place. Come and take your place, Jesus. Come and take your place in our minister, God. Come and take your place among your people. Come and take your place in the nations. Come and take your place, my Father, in the body of Christ. Take your place as awesome God. Take your place as awesome God. Take your place as awesome God. Reveal yourself as an awesome God. That God who answers in awesome deeds of righteousness. Oh, hallelujah. Take your place. Take your place. Take your place. We call upon you. 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 Awesome God. Awesome God. Father, awesome God. Oh, the nations will know. The peoples will know. Yes, the heathen will know. Hallelujah. That you are the God of salvation. That you are the God of grace and power. You are the God who clothes his people with salvation, with deliverance, with honor. Oh, hallelujah. Awesome in this place. Awesome in our hearts. Awesome. Awesome. The awesome God. The awesome God. He's not that. He's not Dagon. He's not Darabosa. He's not called by any name. He's not called by any name. His name is Jehovah. His name is Jesus. Yes. Yes. Oh, you are worthy. You are worthy of the praise today. You are awesome, Daddy. You are awesome in the house. We declare. Manifest yourself, Lord. Manifest who you are. Manifest your majesty. Manifest your glory. Manifest your excellence, oh God. Manifest your beauty in our hearts, in our lives. And be awesome. Be great, oh God. Yes. Manifest yourself greatly, 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 greatly. Greatly, oh God, we call on you. Oh, be revealed in our day. Be revealed in this hour. Be revealed in this time. Be revealed in your church as the awesome one. The mighty one of Jacob. Yes, Lord. You are awesome. You are awesome. In this place. Mighty God. Blessed be his name. We bless you. We thank you, Father. For who you are. Great and awesome is the Lord. Hallelujah. We bless the Lord for this time. We thank him for this afternoon and for this day that he has given us once again to meet here on this altar, the ranch, our altar. I want to thank all of you that have tuned in and we, we believe God is moving where you are as you give your hearts to him fully and completely. We want to thank him so much for the grace that he has given to his people all of you that are out there who are doing different ministries in your corporate places of work, in your businesses, in your jobs, whatever you're doing for the Lord there, may the Lord continue to bless and increase you. And may the Lord's presence manifest greatly where you are in the name of Jesus. We want to thank God for the mission that our dear pastor is on in Western Uganda. We speak a blessing over that mission right now in Jesus' name. And we pray that the grace of God and the government of God shall be revealed like never before and that he will be used as a spark of revival wherever he goes wherever he steps whatever contact he meets we pray in jesus name that god will use him to spark to birth to conceive the seeds of revival wherever he goes in the name of jesus the church of jesus shall be prepared that servants of god that is going to meet there the different pastors we pray for them that they will come alive in the lord jesus christ because the lord makes his ministers flames of fire he makes them he makes them he turns them the lord said in his word that he'll baptize with the holy spirit and with fire so father we pray and we believe you that you will meet those church leaders father and baptize them with your spirit and with fire oh god 
and we pray for protection and preservation upon Pastor Dennis and his family in Jesus' precious name. And we pray also protection and preservation of our faith family church in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. That, Father, there will be no no retaliation from the mission field to God's people here. We pray covering and we believe you that, Father, your government will prevail. The Lord shall build his church and the gates of hell shall not prevail against the church of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. We seal this in the blood of Jesus. We release it in our faith and we believe God for great things to happen in the mission field and not just in the mission field but we believe for great things to happen even where we are. Our homes are a mission field. Our neighborhoods are mission fields. Wherever we are, we are in a mission field and I pray in Jesus' name that God will move in those mission fields where he has planted each of us, where he has placed us in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus, in the name of Jesus. May the Spirit of God move upon you. May the Spirit of God work through you. May the Spirit of God use you as a vessel to meet different needs in your communities, in your families, whatever and wherever you are, in the mighty name of Jesus. Father, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We are a church that will march in strength and power. Father, we shall not be docile. We shall not be dormant. We shall not be inactive. We shall move in the power of your Spirit and do your will. Blessed be your name. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah. You're most welcome. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm glad to be here. I want to thank our, our brother Ivan who ministered the word yesterday. We were immensely blessed by his sharing. Uh, which was uh, a build up also from the Sunday message which was very very uh, important and heavy and central and a very central message to the heart of God concerning uh, Christ likeness and going into our destination, our predestination. And I also want to thank those who uh, were on the Sunday afternoon program. The discussion of the word on the take-home show. Um, I, I, I normally um, listen in because I learn a lot. And I, you know, I, I pray that um, you know we, we gather around these forums and, and be able to, to build ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. And sometimes when I miss, especially the Sunday afternoon talk show, you know, I feel so bad because it is never recorded. <laughs> never recorded so you know you have missed you have missed sometimes you can get a visitor or you know you may have a program and you can't be there so um we thank God for what God is doing in our midst. And for the words He's speaking to us. The instructions that are coming to us. The teachings that are coming to us. I, I feel immensely blessed by the Lord when I hear these things that are coming. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Amen. And I believe that in our midst there is a great, great work God is doing. And, and I, I can't imagine how much of the Lord that has been released in you people out there. Sometimes you wish everybody would have a chance to preach. So that we, we get the part of everybody. <laughs> you know, because God has put a lot, as yesterday Ivan said, the treasure in earthen vessels. God has put a lot there. So I encourage you, those who are out there, keep building yourself. Keep giving yourself to the Lord uh, and make, make the spiritual life the main thing about your life. Make, make it the main thing. Give it your whole attention. As the Bible says that you set your affections on things above. Labor for the food that does not perish. Hallelujah. Amen. Let's value this thing. Let's value what God is doing. Hallelujah. One of the things I know that that 
can quickly make a man move in the spirit is when somebody starts to really put value to what God is doing. When you give God's work attention, then God begins to unwrap to unveil more because you have given it your attention. You know, and, and like, like in, the, in, the, in the life that we live, the natural life, we find ourselves so much giving our attention to the natural things. And, and maybe it's our work, our career, our jobs, etc., academics, whatever it can be. And you find that the more you are concentrated in that area, you make very major strides in those areas. And, and that is very good. And we should even be doing much more when it comes to our spiritual journey. Never sacrifice your spiritual journey for the athlete journey. Because the spiritual journey will dictate what is in the natural. So, so you give this, this this journey your best. Give it your all. Your all. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Yes, um, we are coming to the end of the fast. Yes, in this month of September, we have been doing three days every week. So it's coming to an end. This is our last three days. I do not know what, what you, you feel in your heart God is telling you to do. Uh, but definitely the journey to, to continue to join you to God is not ending today or tomorrow. But today I felt that I wanted or I felt drawn back to a message that we started with when this month was beginning, especially in the three-day fasts. And the Lord brought it so strongly upon my heart. And I want to speak quickly about this thing and remind you. I, I, I don't want to bring us so many new things. It's good for us to meditate on what we have received already. So the, the thing here is about the Lordship of the Lord Jesus Christ. The, the, the importance of building on the Lordship of Christ. The Lord is bringing that thing so strongly. And, and he wants the church, the body of Christ, to come back to that place where the lordship is lordship. Hallelujah. Uh, um, so many of us, when we came to Christ, they made us invite the Lord into our hearts. Because we believed and we confessed. And, and our introduction to the things of God was inviting Jesus into your heart. And for a long time, that was the foundation we started on. Well, we just added Jesus to our life. We just brought him in. And we were not discipled early enough about the exchange of life, about the death of one life and the living of another life. We, we, we grew up, many of us moved in salvation. When we say nalokose, I, I, I got saved. Meaning that Jesus came into your life. He, he was added. But there was no subtraction. There was nothing lost in that adding. There was nothing given up. While I was inviting him. And so... Could be that somebody has walked the journey that way. And probably along your journey, it is hard for you to understand. To, to you know, to have a clear perception of what it means to give up your life to him and to walk in his life. And the words that we have many times used words of like surrender submission 
all coming through our filters hey, we have our understanding filters and at the end of the day after you have received that word surrender it means something else to you than actually total surrender because you'll find that in the practice and in the living of life it is not what you do. The surrender seemingly takes place in prayer. Seemingly takes place in certain moments of dealings at the altar. But in the practice of day-to-day life to live a surrendered, submitted life being far from your experience. Because the other foundation is still so strong where Jesus is just added to life and there was no death there was no giving up there was no sacrifice of life and Jesus wants us to come back again and look at this foundation of building on his lordship of submitting totally to God this is a generation that believes in things that happen gradually my submission will be gradual my yielding will be gradual step by step but the apostolic church never believed that the people of old never believed that. They knew that when they met the Lord, it was a clash. Bam! In that clash, light overcomes darkness. In that clash, one has to win, another has to lose. In that clash, the spirit comes alive, the flesh dies. That is what the apostles believed who, who were the instruments in establishing the church and its doctrine. Today we want to take things at our pace. And we say I will reach there. I will be there. And so the, the idea of total obedience now, now total obedience now total surrender to God now total death to self now those things to happen now that idea is so far from our experience and even our perception we feel like it's not realistic that somebody has to grow to a place of total death somebody has to grow to a place of that somebody has to do this praise the Lord Amen. but yet there is there is the ability of God. There is the grace of God that can make a man cross over from one realm to another realm in an instant. Hallelujah. Amen. I'm going to read from Acts chapter 9. Acts chapter 9. Please read with me. Open your Bible to Acts chapter 9. There is so much that we hold on to that could be surrendered, that could be given over. There are so many partitions in our lives that are still held unconsciously or subconsciously. And the Lord Jesus does not have lordship over those areas. Because probably we have not brought ourselves to a place where we desire his total lordship. Bring ourselves to a place where we desire his total control. The hunger to be in his hand. The desire to be 
fully under his authority. That is not practiced so well. And that's why we have certain parts of our lives that subconsciously or unconsciously control us. And we do not realize that we are not yet fully under his lordship. Hallelujah. Amen. The Bible says in, in Acts chapter 9. I don't know if I should read the whole. Let me just read the whole chapter. Very fast. Follow through, please. And Saul, yet breathing out threatenings and slaughter against the disciples of the Lord, went unto the high priest and desired of him letters to Damascus, to the synagogues, that if he found any of this way, whether they were men or women, he might bring them bound unto Jerusalem. And as he journeyed, he came near Damascus, and suddenly there shined round about him a light from heaven. And he fell to the earth and heard a voice saying unto him, Saul, Saul, why persecutest me? And he said, Who art thou, Lord? And the Lord said, I am Jesus, whom thou persecutest. It is hard for thee to kick against the pricks. And he, trembling and astonished, said, Lord, what will you have me to do? And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the city, and it shall be told thee what thou must do. And the men which journeyed with him stood speechless, hearing a voice, but seeing no man. And Saul arose from the earth, and when his eyes were opened, he saw no man. But they led him by the hand and brought him into Damascus. And he was three days without sight, and neither did he eat nor drink. And there was a certain disciple of, at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision, Ananias. And he said, Behold, I am here, Lord. And the Lord said unto him, Arise and go into the street which is called Straight, and inquire in the house of Judas, the one called Saul of Tarsus, for behold, he is praying. And has seen in a vision a man named Ananias. I mean, look at this. The guy has even seen a vision. Three days after his conversion, he's not seeing physically, but he's seeing spiritually. He has seen in a vision a man named Ananias coming in and putting his hand on him that he might receive his sight. Then Ananias answered, Lord, I have heard by many that this man, how much evil he has done to the saints at Jerusalem. And here he has authority from the chief priests to bind all that call on thy name. But the Lord said, now imagine, this is another discussion. I, I love this prayer moment. Do you see this prayer moment? Ananias is in a discussion with the Lord. It's a, it's a talk. It's not just I know that is also there. But this is a conversation. God has told Ananias what to do. And Ananias is also talking back to God. Amen. Verse 10 again. And there was a certain disciple at Damascus named Ananias. And to him said the Lord in a vision. Hallelujah. A, a talk, a, a, a discussion in a vision. So the Lord has appeared and, and there's a discussion. I love this. Okay, I love this. Verse 15. But the Lord said unto him, Go your way, for he is a chosen vessel unto me to bear my name before the Gentiles and kings and the children of Israel. For I will show him how great things he must suffer for my name's sake. And Ananias went his way, entered into the house, putting his hands on him, said, Brother Saul, the Lord, even Jesus, Hashatalabaya, the Lord, even Jesus, that appeared unto thee in the way, as thou camest, has sent me that thou mightest receive thy sight and be filled with the Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. Let me stop there for now. Praise the Lord. Amen. This is what they call the Damas Damascus Road encounter. Paul encounters the one he's persecuting. And when he encounters the one who he's persecuting, he, he asks a question. Who at thou Lord. Who at thou Lord. How did Paul know? This is the Lord. How did he know? And God asks Paul, why are you persecuting me? I am Jesus whom you persecute. And the Bible says, while Paul was trembling and surprised, Paul says, Lord, 
Lord, what will thou have me to do? At the very onset of Paul's conversion, he gets his life started on the foundation of the Lordship of Jesus. And when you encounter that foundation, Paul is asking, What do you want me to do? Lord, what do you want me to do? Right at the encounter, he gets this revelation. This must be the Lord. And then the Lord is asking, who art thou, Lord? That Lord says, I am Jesus. And then Jesus I mean, Paul asks Jesus, what do you want me to? What a question. Of all things, there's a question that comes to Paul. Paul does not get an encounter. And he begins saying, forgive me. Forgive me for persecuting your child. He doesn't begin to defend himself. I thought I was doing right for you. In my zeal, I'm serving you. Uh, uh, At that moment of encountering Lordship, that question, that question, is the question of submission. It's the question that comes out of those who have met the Lordship of Jesus. They become preoccupied with what God wants them to do. Listen, I'm saying something, it may sound simple, but it's very, very, very serious. Those that have met the Lordship of Jesus, I do not know how you met it. I do not know how for you have met it. You may not have been on the same road with Paul. But if you have been given that opportunity, you have sought that opportunity, seeking that God's Lordship will be over your life. And through that desire through that desire the lordship of Jesus was revealed to you his authority over your soul your spirit, your body was revealed to you there's something that begins to work in your life it's the desire Lord what do you want me to do tell me what you want me to do so many Christians are are more more concerned or labor more with what God does not want them to do they are trying not to do the things that God does not want them to do so you are trying not to sin you are trying not to do wrong you are so preached Occupied to make sure you do not do what does not please God. But you are not yet at the place where you have the desire to do what pleases Him. The works, the works that are prepared for you to do. The man Isaiah, when he saw the Lord seated in glory, he said, in the year that Uzziah died, I saw the Lord seated. Okay? And his, his, his what? His... The train of Israel filled that temple. He had an encounter in a vision of the lordship and the supremacy of the throne of grace. When that happened, two things happened to Isaiah. One, 
Iniquity was purged. It did not stop there. It did not stop there. It was not just about getting pure. Getting clean. That is part of the Lordship. When you encounter the Lordship of Jesus, crooked ways are made straight. Valleys are lifted. Mountains are leveled. You cannot encounter Jesus, His Lordship, and stay in your sin and stay in bondage to iniquity. No way. When Isaiah met the Lord also and saw Him, he was purged from iniquity. After being purged, verse 8 and verse 9, the Trinity begins to ask. Who will go for us? Who will go for us? Who shall go to the house of Israel? So, there was something that had to be taken away from the life of Isaiah. But there was something that had to be given to Isaiah. It comes from the divine high command. Those who meet his lordship, they will find that high post of command. They get to hear the things that are in the heart of God to be done. It is a sad thing to say that today in the church, because of that faulty foundation, that many of us just added Jesus to the mess. And over the years, just, we are trying over the years to just clear the mess slowly by slowly. And, and, and so the things that should be done by the people of God, the church that is supposed to be apostolic receiving instructions from the high command because of the backup of divine authority because of the backup of divine authority they have met the lordship of Jesus because of that as Jesus said that as the father sent me so I send you how can Jesus send a church that is not even conversant with his lordship? How can Jesus send a church that is not connected and submitted to him? And so here we are editing our lives slowly by slowly. Because Jesus is an addition. So because it's an addition, the things that were supposed to be cut off by circumcision, we're editing them. Editing slowly by slowly. When will this go? God, I'm struggling with this. God, I'm still struggling with this. God, have mercy. The Bible says you're circumcised. The Bible says die. But that comes when we have sought His full authority over our lives. Paul says in the beginning of his conversion, what do you want me to do? And God does not tell him directly. God sends him to a disciple. I still wonder up to this day, why didn't God tell him? The man has already known you are Lord. But God sends him to submit to another disciple. For that disciple Ananias to tell him coming under authority is not an easy thing. Paul, if you have submitted to me the Jesus you have not seen let me see if you will submit to me the Jesus who is in Ananias. A test of submission. A test of submission. So many children of God today are freelance, freelance children. 
Yes, independent. They submit to Jesus. Only. They do not know Ananias. You ask them which is your church. They say, For me, I don't have a church. Who is your pastor? I don't have a pastor. Jesus is my shepherd. And then they quote Matthew chapter 23 verse 9. The Bible tells you not to call any man your teacher. Your, your father. Your master. Jesus said only God is your teacher. Your master. Your... And they take that scripture out of context. Because they have authority problems. Encountering the Lordship of Jesus. Ladies and gentlemen, I may not go deep into all that doctrinal stuff. But the Bible says in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. Listen to this. Matthew chapter 7, verse 21. A scripture most of us are conversant with. It says, not everyone that saith unto me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of heaven. But he that doeth the will of my Father which is in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in thy name? In thy name have we not cast out devils? In thy name haven't we done wonderful works? And then I will profess unto them, I know never knew you depart from me, you that work in iniquity. Hallelujah. Jesus begins by saying that it's only those who do the will of my Father who will enter my kingdom. And here are people talking about things that we call God's will. Preaching the gospel. Casting out devils. Healing the sick. You know? All these things that we call the ministry. And Jesus says, mm -mm. No, no, no. Depart from me, workers of iniquity. Hallelujah. Amen. Can you imagine doing all these things and being a worker of iniquity? And many of us are not yet even here. Some of us don't prophesy. Some of us don't cast out devils. And, 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 and probably it's because they don't want. But if they wanted, they would. Amen. Doing many wonderful works. These things are there. Jesus said you shall do these works and greater works. But the issue is if you have not met that Lord Jesus, one thing proves it. Iniquity. The work of iniquity. Iniquity is a sign to you. That iniquity is that moral perversion. That, that push to sin. That takes a, a person and a person works at the grind mill of iniquity of sin. Continually. You are doing that thing. Continually you are in it. You come to God and say, God, I'm sorry. Then you go back and do it. That is iniquity. Jesus and John the Baptist and the apostles preached a gospel. The gospel they preached was the kingdom of God is here. Why? Because the king had come. And then they said, repent. Repent. Repent means kill it. If God cannot ask you to do something, you cannot. He can't. It's only a person possessed with devils who may not have complete control over their will. But there is no Christian who is possessed by Satan. And so your will can agree with God and make a repentance on 
anything in your life. 180 degree turn around. Knowing that he is Lord in your life. Knowing that he has full authority. The Bible says to this man does he look. The man who trembles at his word. You tremble at his commands. You know that where the word of a king is there is power. You know that not to obey God is to despise him. And who are you to despise the Lord? Who are you to despise him? Who are we to despise him in our disobedience? Hallelujah. He says, depart from me, workers of iniquity. Hallelujah. You are a servant of God. You are a child of God. God wants to produce out of you good works. He wants you to do things that please him. Because he's Lord in your life. He wants you to cut away everything else. That does not strengthen the union with you have with him. Anything that wants to tamper with my union with God, I am against it. I will tell you the truth. Anything that wants to tamper with my fellowship with God is my number one enemy. I'm, I, I'm taking my relationship with God seriously. I am taking that fellowship seriously. I want him to invite me into that fellowship. I want the Holy Spirit to trust me, if I could use those words. <laughs> yeah? To count me worthy to commit to me his fellowship to commit to me his word to commit to me his life hallelujah this should be the desire of every Christian. And like I've been saying, friends, these are not the days where you make mistakes. These are not the days for mistakes. These are not the days to joke around and play with fire. These are not the days to say, okay, I can just, you know, compromise a bit, I'll repent and come back. The enemy is very, very ferocious. He's ready to pull the ground under you and have you fall. He's ready to get you corrupted. He, he, he wants to delay so many of God's children to delay their preparation so that in the evil day they will not stand. It strength to stand in that evil day. And when I say evil day, I don't mean there's one day that is evil for everybody. There is an evil day for every man. Job had his day. He even cast it. <laughs> the man cast it that day. I do not know if that day disappeared off the calendar. For such a man of God to cast a day. Praise be to Jesus. The enemy wants to take so many people. Neutralize so many people. And he's doing his work with spirit. That's why the other day we shared and we said, the Bible says, don't give him even a foothold. Don't give him even a foothold. That foothold he is going to force his entire body through. These are not the days to joke. We must come back to the place where we seek. We seek the Lordship of Jesus in every area of our lives. We ensure that we are under submission. Under him. The Bible says, the, the Bible says, humble yourself under the mighty hand of God and he shall lift you up. The strength of the church is 
total submission to God. The strength of God's people is total submission. Total humility before God. He says he will raise you up in your season. He will lift you up. He says you will resist the devil and the devil will flee. Your greatest strength is when the Lord has full authority and control over your life. To be fully surrendered to God is to be at the place of your utmost strength. And we do not want to walk through life just thinking that we are surrendered. We must ensure that we have given God everything. We must ensure that every breath we live, every moment we are awake, He's in control. And if there's anything that tries to come up in your heart, in your life, like Phineas, get a javelin and kill it. Let the zeal of the Lord dress us up that we may come against any manifestation of evil whether it is within us or outside us and we destroy it before it destroys us. The men of Israel were fighting getting into the promised land. And the Bible talks about Jerusalem. They wanted to enter Jerusalem. And there's a man who came out of the city. And they told the man, show us the way into the city. And we will spare you. That time the name of the city I think was Luz. And the man showed them the way. And they let him go. And the Bible says, and the man went and built a city and called it Luz. The very man who they spared, what they spared, they thought they destroyed a city. And they thought they were releasing a man. They released a city. The man was a whole city. The things we spare are going to grow and overtake us. The things that this man called Saul, king of Israel, spared. What Saul spared? It is what caused his demise. He lost his calling. He lost his life. His family too. That is what happened to Saul. Is it possible? I want to ask a question today. Is it possible to walk now in total obedience to the Holy Spirit? Is it something I have to grow over? Because if we are talking about I have to grow to a place of total obedience, it means that as I grow, I'm in disobedience. If I'm in disobedience as I grow to total obedience, the rapture will come and leave me here while I'm growing to obedience. The apostles believed in a radical change of life. Life. A total surrender to the king of kings. A death of iniquity. And life. I want you to ponder today. Have I fully surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus? Ask yourself that. Have I fully surrendered my life to the Lord Jesus? Is Jesus Lord? We sing songs. He reigns. He reigns. Afuga. Afuga. Abituale. Is the Lord Jesus Lord? 
in your life. We see Lord of your thoughts. Lord of your heart's desires. Lord of your actions. Lord of your work, your career, your business. Lord of your relationships. You see Lord of whatever you do. You see Lord in your ministry. The church of today has been used to working with the Lord but not working under the Lord to be yoked with him and his Lord and he says learn of me and he's teaching you this is a very, very serious issue. Any man who's not building on his lordship is building on sand. Any of us who's not building on the lordship of Jesus what Jesus is saying and what he expects of you you're building on sand. No matter what you're building. May God bring us back to the place where we shall hunger, desire the Lordship, the full covering of our Lord on our lives. Full covering. No area, nothing. Nothing, nothing outside the covering. The full covering bringing our families under those coverings bringing our jobs under those coverings bringing every friendship, every relationship every marriage every business relationship every, everything in your life under that lordship becoming hungry becoming hungry for his righteousness in your life. Without this, without this, the church cannot be apostolic. Without this, the church cannot be apostolic. The church cannot fulfill its end time mandate. Those who are going to fulfill this end time mandate are those who have met the Lord. They have met him and they know his authority over their lives. And they know their part is total submission. Total obedience to Jesus. Hallelujah. Amen. That's my message for you today. I would have read from, from Romans chapter 2 also. You can read the Romans chapter 2. You will pick something from there, especially from verse 1 to verse 17. You will get something from there. Hallelujah. Time is first spent. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you and we thank you for this word that we have received today. Heavenly Father, at the beginning of these days of this month, September, you spoke, Father Lord, about the Lordship of Jesus. The Lordship of Jesus. You called us back to that Lordship, to that place of Lordship. And you showed us the advantages of having this Lordship over our lives. Father, here again you remind us, you are serious about calling your people to encounter that dimension of your throne that dimension of the office of the Christ. Lord, I pray in Jesus' name that my listeners and not only them, but even those all through the body of Christ, more and more every single day, Father, men and women will begin to pursue that seat of authority. We'll pursue that place where they become slaves, born slaves. We shall seek to be your born servants, your born slaves. We shall fully and utterly, totally reject what is of the world. We shall know that it's within our power to cut off the world totally and to yield to you totally. The enemy has deceived us over many years that this is a gradual change. It isn't, Lord. It is meeting you. 
that changes men, Father. I pray and we pray right now, Father, Father, may we know you as Lord. May we know the, th the seat of judgment. May we know the throne of grace. May we know, Father, the authority of the Christ in our lives, O oh Lord. May he sit enthroned on our hearts. May he sit enthroned in our minds. May he live in us and not us, but him, Father. May Jesus live fully, freely. May Jesus live. Father, give us, O oh God, give us this grace to let you live. Enable us, Father. Let the things that have limited you, the filters we have in our thoughts, in our minds, Father, that has limited the full expression of Christ, let those filters be removed. Let, let those limitations be removed, Father, we pray. And I pray that every day, every single day, when we wake up, we shall kneel before you and say, Lord, my spirit is yours, my soul is yours, my body is yours, my time is yours today. My breath is yours. We shall daily surrender to you and submit to you, Lord. That whatever you want to do, you will do it through us like you told Paul. That he will be told what to do, Father. May we also be told what to do. We give you the praise. We give you the glory. In Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. And amen. I encourage you. Find time and be alone somewhere and pursue your place of total submission lay down that life fully and then live aware of your surrender it doesn't mean temptations won't come. They will come even more. Attacks will come even more. Distractions will increase. But if you continue in that awareness, the enemy will know he's wasting his time. He has lost you. He has lost you. You are no longer in his zone. You are no longer on his network. You are fully in the divine network. Hallelujah. God bless you. We are going to meet tomorrow again as we finalize this month of fasting and prayer. Shalom.